Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 211, How Trauma Affects Your Level of Success with Dr. Don Wood. So Dr. Don Wood developed the Inspired Performance Institute after spending years researching how trauma affects our minds and our lives. This work is super important for anyone who wants to go to the next level, achieve peak performance or next level success in any area of life or business. The truth is, is we all have some form of trauma, whether that's big trauma or little trauma, which we'll get into in this episode. And there are ways in which we can reset our mind so that our trauma no longer holds us back. Dr. Don has actually created a methodology that requires just four hours to reset your mind and help you move through all of those bits of trauma that are currently keeping you stuck, causing you to be in a cycle of self-sabotage, or even keeping you in a place of depression or anxiety. This episode is really eye-opening, and it really speaks to how powerful the mind is and how that is actually the key to our next level success. I know you're going to love this episode. It's super intriguing, super eye-opening. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode was sponsored by our Seven Figure Framework Workshop. This workshop is a live workshop happening June 21st to 25th, designed to support you in knowing exactly how to scale your online business. I know that you are sick of working harder to reach your revenue goals. You're experiencing fear and anxiety when you think about the next level. Maybe you don't have the systems or processes or SOPs in place, and all of it is in your head. Maybe you're worried about hiring or training a team and stepping into a leadership role. Maybe you wonder if you really have what it takes to grow a business and you're worried about taking on more clients and spending more time in order to go to the next level. You want something that is simple and trust me, you should be able to scale your business, increase your impact and grow your team. You deserve that. And for that reason, we've created this incredible live workshop to walk you through our seven-figure framework. We're specifically diving into my signature cash method, which has helped me go from $442 all the way up to seven figures in my first 18 months in business and stay at the million-dollar mark ever since then. So over these five days, we're going to cover a ton of information that will support you in creating a scalable strategy for your company. It's going to support you in putting in place that cash method in your business. It's going to help you figure out who to hire and when. It's going to support you in creating a millionaire mindset. And it's all done within the confines of an incredible Facebook group full of high-level business owners designed to support you, to lift you up, to show you what's possible, and to keep 
keep you moving forward. So if you're ready to get into massive action, definitely check out the link in our show notes to our seven-figure framework workshop. Or you can go to iheartmylife.com slash 7FF. That's number 7FF and sign up today. You're going to want to attend live. All the trainings are happening in the Facebook group. We'll even be taking your questions. And guess what? You get your own personal high-performance accountability coach to support you along the way. So let's do it. Go to iheartmylife.com slash 7FF. I'll see you there. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Don. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I am as well. Thanks for inviting me, Emily. Yes. As I was telling you before we got started, I've listened to a few of your previous episodes. And so I know about your expertise. I know what your mission is in this world. And I know that my audience is really going to resonate with this because at I Heart My Life, we're all about holistic success. And so, yes, we work with entrepreneurs on marketing and strategy, but our work is much deeper than that. And I know that you're with me in that that stuff only takes you so far. You need to do the deep work. You need to do the inner work. So we're going to cover a lot of that today. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. So take us back. Tell us a little bit more about the story behind the work that you do today. Well, it was really developed because of my wife and daughter. Um, And I talk about my life as a child growing up. I had this amazing childhood, very, very loving, nurturing parents. So my nervous system was always being regulated. So I get bumped every once in a while, you know, with a little thing, you know, at school or with a friend. But when I would come home, that was my safe place. And so I would come right back into balance. And so that was always happening for me. And I never had any kind of real trauma. So, you know, just the typical kid stuff when you're growing up, but nothing major and no real trauma. So I was skating through life. I didn't know that a lot of my friends were being... Um, physically, emotionally, or sexually abused. That was news to me because I just thought everybody had my parents. And it wasn't really till I met my wife that I realized she, she was not living in the home that I grew up in. That was for sure. She had a very dysfunctional father uh, with a lot of issues going on. So she was living in fear. And I thought, okay, well, I see what's going on here. When we get, we got married very young at 19, I had a chance to play professional hockey in Sweden. So we got married very early. And um, I realized, okay, when she starts living with me, that will all calm down, right? Because she'll be living in my environment. And it didn't calm down. She was still living in fear. So it would take very little for her to activate her nervous system with a little comment, even something like, no, I don't like that. She could start to tear up and cry and say, why are you getting upset with me? And that made no sense to me because I was saying, I'm not upset at all. What makes you think I'm upset with you? And she'd go, well, yes, you are. The way you said that sounds like you're getting upset. What I didn't understand at that time is that as a child, she had learned to listen very, very carefully to the way her father spoke so that she could recognize when danger was coming. Now, so not only with her father, but she could hear it everywhere. She, we could come out of a store and she'd say, that clerk was so rude to me. And I'll say, she was? I didn't. What did she say to you? Right? She's, well, you see, when I asked her that question, how she responded, she was on hypervigilance all the time looking for danger. Now, she didn't know that. She's high-functioning. If you had met her, you probably wouldn't have noticed that she'd had any kind. And she swore me to secrecy. I could never talk about her childhood. There was all this shame and guilt, right, afraid of being judged. And so 
she was just growing up in this and it didn't matter what I did. I couldn't seem to calm it down. Um, I changed the way I spoke. I tried to be more careful. I tried to choose my words. There'd be times where I didn't maybe share, you know, something that was going on until I could fix it. Yeah. But she was so good at reading me that she'd say, something's wrong. You're not telling me. <laughs> she wow. was like very, very good at reading that kind of stuff. Um, and there was nothing I could do to really help her. Um, and then when my daughter was 14, she was diagnosed with Crohn's. And um, when that happened, you know, we were told you have to change her diet, change her off of gluten, dairy, all these different things. She ended up having four resections done. She got very, very sick. And there was no answers. The only answer was is we were just going to keep her on steroids to keep the inflammation down. And she's just going to have to have to learn how to live and manage and cope with it. And that's really what led me <clears throat> to start looking for answers. Because uh, my wife said to me, she said, we're going to lose our daughter if we don't do something. She goes, I've done all this research. There's no answers out there. So I started doing a lot of research. And when I came back, I really discovered that there's a direct correlation between these health issues and trauma. And that trauma was continuing to loop, keeping her system in an active cell danger response. And it's a glitch. It's actually an error message. And they're teaching everybody to manage that. And what I said is, no, we need to fix it because that's going to affect our health. So when we have that kind of loop going on, that's going to compromise our immune system and our neurotransmitters. So if you have that combination, you're going to be feeling sicker because your immune system's compromised and you're going to be feeling bad because your neurotransmitters are compromised. And so that's why I'm excited to talk to, you know, your audience, because <clears throat> I call this a performance program, not trauma therapy, because when we fix that performance increases. So amazing. So I want to cover so much here today. But my first question is kind of a selfish one. As okay. you were talking, you mentioned that you grew up in a household where your nervous system was always being regulated. And I'm curious to know, I grew up with amazing parents. I, I feel like I was in a similar household. But how would you know if you were in a household where your nervous system was healthier versus the dysfunction and trauma that your wife experienced? Well, like I said, so again, if you had met my wife, you'd think, okay, everything seems to be fine. What I always say is the best way to sort of look at this is to say, if you've had experiences throughout your lifetime that when you still think about now creates an emotional response, right, then that trauma is active. So Got if it. you think about something that happened to you in your childhood and you tear up, that's why my wife could never talk about it because <clears throat> if she tried to tell you what happened to her as a child, she'd be crying mm. because her mind was not okay with what happened to her and her subconscious mind, which is survival based, is always trying to fix it because it's seeing it in real time. That's the glitch. So her mind would be looking at, so when she started to talk about what happened to her, the reason why her mind would be creating the emotion is it thought something was happening. Got so it. the purpose of an emotion is a call for an action. The purpose of fear is to escape a threat. The purpose of anger is to attack a threat. So if you think about something that happened to you as a child and you're crying, your mind wants you to do something. Stop it from happening. 
And how would you, it totally makes sense. And how would you define trauma for people listening? Because I know that it's not always something massive. It can also be the smaller moments in our life, like you said, that stand out, that bring up emotion that we remember today. Yeah. So we obviously have the big T trauma, which is, you know, obvious to identify, you know, if somebody's being physically or sexually abused, right, that's a big T trauma. But I, I wrote my second book and I coined a term called emotional concussions. And emotional concussions are those little things that build up over a period of time. So if you keep getting your head concussed, those are going to build up and accumulate. It's the same thing with emotional concussions. And what those are, are something like the teacher who told you you're stupid, right? Or a parent that said, you know, you're not good enough or a coach, right? All those little things start building up. Or maybe you lived in a home where your parents fought all the time. What's going to happen is they may have shown love to you, right? But your mind is, is basically connecting up all this tension and stress in the home, right? And making you not feel safe. So those kinds of things have a major effect. Um, I had one lady as, as a great example. She was, um, her mother got pregnant at 18, right? Didn't marry the father, uh, remarried another person, another gentleman. They had two other children, so there were three all together. And when the, um, the stepfather told her when she was six years of age that her real father wanted to meet her, but he made a comment, something to the effect of, you were a mistake. And she says, I hated my stepfather. She says, I didn't know why. She says, because my brother and sister loved him. He really was probably a pretty good guy. But she says, I wouldn't give him a break. Because as a six-year-old, she heard she was a mistake. That's an emotional concussion. Yeah, exactly. Okay, super interesting. And so you had two very different kind of scenarios in your family. You had your daughter who had the actual, you know, physical health issue that you were looking at. And then your wife had this trauma. And I know that they're probably one and the same, but I'm curious to know, as you did this work and you started to dive into that, how did you support your family, which obviously then led to you doing this on, on more of a global scale? Um, I've always been an entrepreneur all my life, so I've always had, is that what you mean? Like, was I doing other, doing other things? Well, that and also what were the steps? Like, what were the things that actually helped them? Um, what was the, the process as well as, you know, how are they today and what has shifted for them? Well, it's pretty amazing. So, like I said, I put the connection between the trauma. So, my wife has Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder where her thyroid was constantly turned on producing cortisol. So that's why I'm saying even those little comments I could make would activate her nervous system and put her in a fight or flight state. That's going to take a toll on your body. It's like putting your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time in your car, right? You're going to wear something out. And for her, it was her thyroid. My daughter's Crohn's was um, activated when she was 14. When she was 16, she disclosed to us that she'd had some sexual abuse when she was six that we didn't know about. So I believe it was that constant looping of feeling unsafe since she was six that created the inflammation in the Crohn's. So that's what, like I said, started leading me to research and figure out a way to solve it. And so I developed a program that's about a four-hour program that I take you through that gets the mind to update, reboot, reset, and adjust the way that memory has been stored. 
because I believe that's where the problem is coming in. The memory is being seen in real time. So if your mind thinks there's a threat that's happening now, when you think about something from five years ago, it's going to activate your nervous system. And so for my daughter, it ended up creating inflammation, the inflammation in her lower intestinal area. So ever since she went through the program, she hasn't had a Crohn's flare-up. It's been years. Now, they tell you that's impossible. And so she had a cyst formed on her ovary a few years ago, and they went in and operated. The doctor said after the operation, he goes, I'm confused because your chart says you have Crohn's. And she says, yeah, I have Crohn's. She says, but I operated. There's no evidence of any Crohn's. And she says, yeah, she says, I haven't had a flare-up. And he goes, but you're not on any medication for Crohn's. She goes, uh, no, I'm not taking any medication. So he says, well, I hate to tell you this. He says, then you've never had Crohn's. He says, Crohn's is either active or you're on medication. And so I explained to him that I believe that it was being caused by a dysregulation of her nervous system, which was creating the inflammation, which was then compromising her immune system. And he goes, that's impossible. He says, if that was true, you'd have a Nobel Peace Prize. I said, then you tell me what Crohn's is. And he says, Crohn's is a lifelong debilitating disease with no known cure. And I said, I disagree. I think Crohn's is inflammation. And I think the inflammation was caused by the looping of the trauma because the response to trauma is inflammation. And that's where it showed up for her. For my wife, it was a little bit different. So I truly believe that when we, the mind and body are designed to heal. What's interfering with it healing is if it's in a constant state of fight or flight. I've been healthy my entire life. I never get sick. I've lived in Florida now for 30 years, never been to a doctor. And so I just have always been able to maintain my health. And I believe that's because my system is regulated and can do maintenance. But if I'm in a constant state of fight or flight, there's going to be minimal maintenance being done. That's going to affect my overall health. And so when you talk about, you know, this performance piece, and I know that you work with a lot of people who are high achievers or they want to be high achievers, how can trauma affect us from reaching new levels of success? Because for the same reason your mind's going to loop through, it can go back to a period of time from your childhood. Maybe you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. I hear quite often people say, you know, I have this imposter syndrome. Like somebody's going to figure me out. You know, even though I'm successful, like I'm skating on thin ice here, right? That's coming from something earlier in their life where they didn't feel like they, you know, were good enough, which is not true. Um, or they're maybe not genuine to who they truly want to be. Um, I had a lady who didn't really have any major trauma in her life, but she was very, very successful, a top real estate agent in her office by far. And she says, but I don't feel I can be authentic. I feel like I'm swimming with sharks, right? And that if these guys see any vulnerability in me, right, I'm going to get gutted. That's literally how she felt because it's a pretty tough world to live in, right? It's very competitive. And so she says, I just want to be able to be who I really am. She goes, I'm a very kind, loving person. But she says, for some reason, I just can't do that. Anyway, she went through our program. It totally changed her life. She tripled her sales. And um, she just says, I feel authentic again. Like, I feel like I have my voice. I can be who I want to be. That's amazing. Do you feel that trauma always has to do or always comes back to some 
feeling of fear. Like it sounds like she felt nervous about being her true self because she felt that there was something that would happen. Does it always come back to fear? Mostly fear is uh, the other one is anger, but fear is the biggest motivator because the number one goal for your brain, for your mind is survival. It will do. So when I hear people say, oh, I always sabotage myself, what I say is that's impossible. The brain is not capable of sabotage. What it will do is work around something to avoid pain. And so somebody will say, well, why do I go and do this? Every time I'm going to be successful, every time I'm going to get a big project or something, then I end up making some dumb mistake or doing something right, that I'm sabotaging myself. And I said, no, your mind has figured that you're going to run into pain, so it's going to avoid the pain and create a diversion for you. That will look like sabotage, but it's actually survival. Mm. And is that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. What the brain will do to survive. Um, so I had another gentleman who was really struggling to get his business off the ground, couldn't get any sales. Um, again, no major trauma in his life. But what it came back to is he grew up in a home where his parents were super conservative. Their um, idea for him was you go to college, you get a good job, you buy a house, you get a 401k and you retire. That was success model for them. And so, but he was an entrepreneur. So every time he tried to do anything in business, what, when I first met him, he was trying to get other people to join him in risks. So listen, if I can put, you know, if you want to lease this equipment, we'll put it in your office, we'll share in the revenue, I'll help you drive some sales. He didn't want to rent space. He didn't want to buy equipment. He wanted other people to take the risk. He didn't even know he was doing that. And so once we identified where the issue was coming in, it was that fear, right, of taking risk. He did a million dollars worth of business in that next year. And now he's doing about four million a year because he got rid of that fear. And this is with the best of intentions. His parents did not try to hurt him, right? That was just something that he developed as he was growing up. Totally. No, I get that. I do a lot of mindset work, not necessarily trauma work, but with our clients. And we always talk about the fact that, you know, we're bringing stories and different beliefs into our adulthood from our parents. And so our parents have trauma and they might not know that they're affecting us and generating more trauma, but then it's like this never ending cycle. And so that's why I'm so obsessed with your work because it's like, you know, breaking that cycle and being able to support people live their best lives and be who they're meant to be um, without living in that fear and without, like you said, the health issues and all of the stuff that is debilitate, debilitating that we're trying to, um, you know, medicate and, and, you know, help people in other ways that aren't actually working and they end up having a lifetime illness like your daughter and they don't know the solution. And so if this is something like you said, in a few hours or in a few sessions that can work for them, it's just amazing. And I think you should get a Nobel prize. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so exciting. I mean, if you go to our website, you'll see all these testimonials of people, Rebecca Gregory, she was three feet from the first bomb at the Boston marathon and she lost her left leg. And when she came to see me, it was five and a half years after the marathon. She says, I have just, 
unbelievable post-traumatic stress. She says, I have a nightmare every single night. I've had it for five and a half years. She says, I heard about your program and that you could eliminate post-traumatic stress in four hours. She goes, it sounds too good to be true. I don't believe it. She says, but I'm desperate. I'll try anything. And if you watch her testimonial, you see it totally changed her life. No more nightmares, no more post-traumatic stress. And the way I explain it, I spend the first couple of hours explaining the science behind what I learned from the research. And I start from the premise, there's nothing wrong with anybody. There's nothing wrong with anybody's mind. The reason you're experiencing either anxiety or panic attacks or depression is your mind has a reason for it. There's nothing wrong with you. If I lived your life the way you lived your life, I would be doing exactly what you're doing. Right? It's just how our brains work. It's survival-based. So all we have to do is get to the root of what created that behavior or created that response and then uh, basically pull it out by the root as opposed to what medication is doing is basically just managing it, right? Oh, you have anxiety? We're going to give you some medication so you can manage your anxiety. Like, so I say, it's like going to a dentist and having a toothache and the dentist says, okay, well, I'm going to numb it up with a needle and then I'm going to give you a pamphlet on how to live with toothaches you would find another dentist. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Just say, no, get it out. I, I don't want it. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live with this pain. So that's what we're doing is, and it really is just rebooting the brain. It makes sense. There are so many systems, for example, on our computers that have to reboot all the time. And they have processes that they go through. Just like you said, they regulate. There's, you know, things that, that are done regularly to keep them in a certain condition. And it's the same thing we need to do with the mind. And I'm really glad you brought up that example of your client. Um, because from what you have just described, it sounds like it's not just childhood trauma that you help people with. It's also things that have happened in adulthood. If those are things that are still coming up and repeating themselves and causing the issues like what you described. Are there any other examples of people who have suffered something, whether it's, I don't know, something like, like the bomb, but something even like divorce or loss that you've been able to help them with? Yeah, there's so many examples. I'll give you a great example. I'm a, I love sports, so this is a great example. There's a gentleman, Rob Killian, and Rob is a special forces Green Beret. He runs in the Spartan races you know, those um, obstacle course, marathon kind of races. So I was asked to go and speak at the Spartan World Championships. This is in 2019. And uh, when I was there, the lady who runs Spartan Japan asked if I could work with Rob. She says, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete. She says, there are three people that are favored to win the race. I want to see if Rob goes through your program, how well he can compete against them. How much can he improve his time against them? And so I worked with Rob on Friday. He ran in the world championships on Sunday and he beat everybody. And the next closest guy was a minute behind him, over a minute behind him. So what happened? I didn't make Rob a better runner. Rob was already a great runner, right? The problem Rob had was obviously he has some other traumas, you know, from being special forces and other things. But the big thing that was bothering him in the race is he had run in a race earlier um, and he picked up one of those 50-pound sandbags they throw over their shoulders and they run with. There was a hole in one. So as he ran, the sand was dripping out. Now, he didn't know that. But then after the race, one of the other racers blasted all over social media that he was a cheat, that he picked up a bag or he cut the bag or whatever so he could run faster. Now, these Special Forces guys, integrity is everything to him. 
So now he's running in these races with this trauma looping for him. Now, this isn't, you know, what a big T trauma where somebody got, you know, injured or murdered. But for him, it was his integrity. And so as he's running, I'm sure his mind is thinking, what are people thinking of me? Well, that's draining energy. And so the goal is to be able to maintain and maximize your energy available. And so when Rob ran, he had the extra power he already had that was being compromised. That's amazing. I can think of so many examples with our clients and even myself of times where I've been leaking energy and not my at my full potential because of things in the back of my mind and stories that I'm aware of or stories I'm not aware of. I know both are harmful that if I had been able to release that, it would have been a different outcome and scenario. I love yeah, that. We have so many cases of it. Another great example, again, sports is a great one. Marco Cicetto, He's a double amputee. He lost both his legs to frostbite from a suicide attempt. And, but he's a marathon runner and so from Kenya. And so he came to me uh, because they were saying that we believe now that he's an Olympic hopeful. He's running on those blades, but he's sort of plateaued. And we think now it's really in his mind. So he came to work with me. Uh, nine days later, he ran in a marathon and took 15 seconds per mile off his time which wow. is really big at that level. And then a few weeks later, he ran, this is in 2019, he ran in the Boston Marathon and broke the world record. He's now the world record holder for marathon runners and then broke his own world record by another five minutes in the Chicago Marathon and got signed by Nike. So and cool. so, again, what it was is the ability to be able to stay present mm -hmm. and in the moment. And what I call, so the idea is to get you into this supreme alpha brainwave state. And if you've played sports, I call that that flow state. You know, when you're in that flow, that's when your mind is super focused and super relaxed. That's where all your power is. And when you can operate from that place, performance increases dramatically. Marco already could run that fast. He just didn't have all the energy available when he was running. So I'm curious to hear a bit more. Obviously, people can invest in your program, and we'll talk about that. But can you tell us in a succinct way, what are the different stages of those four hours, or what is the process that you actually take people through? Yeah, great question. So the, the first, and the reason I do four hours is because I believe it takes almost about two hours for your mind to be in such a relaxed state that it can do restoration. So if you go into traditional therapy, chances are you're only going to be in there for 45 minutes or an hour. You haven't gotten into a place where your mind can actually start to relax enough and get into that restoration. So the first hour and a half to two hours is education and science. I'm taking you through what I've learned. I'm giving you all the research and the science behind it because I really believe it's important that once you understand that this is not the big problem that you've always thought it was, right, there's nothing wrong with you. There's just these glitches and error messages, just like a computer gets. And I, you know, I talk about, I say, think of the computer, or the brain is the computer, the body's the printer. So if the computer is not sending the right signals to the body, you're going to get sick. And you could have all the ink and toner in the printer. It can't print on its own without the brain sending it the correct information. And so what we have to do is update that computer. And once we get it updated, we close out all these looping programs that have been draining energy and focus. Then everything goes back into homeostasis. 
So for the first hour and a half to two hours, it's education and science. And then we're going to start to get into a couple of different exercises to move you into a very relaxed, restorative mindset. And then we take a look at two or three events in your lifetime. We don't have to do everything. We'll take a look at two or three. And it doesn't matter whether it's the big, biggest one or the smallest one first. Once we start updating those three events, when you go to sleep at night, you go into a theta brainwave state, which is a processing state. Your mind continues the processing of all those events and experiences. So I, I had a lady who had had really bad sexual abuse as a child. We worked on three events and she says, well, we're going to be here all night because I have so many of these. And I said, we don't need to do any more. I said, your brain's built to process this information now. It's going to process anything else that needs to be done. And so she says, even if we haven't talked about it, and I says, correct. And uh, so I ran into her a month later at a store just by chance. And she said to me, she goes, there was no question those three events we did radically changed my, uh, my, uh, the way I was feeling. She said, I went home and for the first time I was able to talk to my husband about it without shaking and crying. And she says, but I didn't, she'll be honest with you, I didn't believe you that my mind would clear everything else. She says, but I was at Universal Studios with my daughter and husband on the weekend, and I was riding on the escalator with them, and I was looking over the railing. And my daughter said, Mom, look at what you're doing. And she goes, I never told you I had a fear of heights. We never discussed it, and it's gone. So whatever event right, was creating that fear of heights also got updated. And like I said, the mind and body are designed to heal. We just have to, it's like if you came in with a broken leg, we reset the leg, it's going to heal. It's the same thing with this. We're going to reset the mind. It's going to heal. And would you just ask people to describe the three events or whatever event is coming to them most quickly in the conversation? Or is there some specific process for figuring out which events are most potent? Uh, no, it's actually, it doesn't even really matter which event we do first. Okay. So I'll say what event comes to mind. The great part about this is I don't even need to know what the event is. Yeah. So it's not like we have to sit there and analyze it and talk about it. What I'm going to say is I'm looking for like a, like a trailer for a movie. You know, I'm looking for a minute to two minute um, highlight reel. Now, we can do it three different ways. One, we can talk about it if you want to share it. This is give me about a couple minutes of description. I says, but um, in that period of time, I'm going to be taking you through some techniques that's going to get the mind to start the updating. And so I, I run you through a, a series of techniques. I said, the second way is we're going to do it just visually. So I have a few different techniques where I'm not even going to know what the event is, but I'll guide you through these visual techniques and the mind starts that updating right there because it's in the state to do that restoration. I said, or the th third way I'm going to do it is I'm going to have you tell me what happened to you in a new language. And I'm going to teach you a new language. And the language is called flowing. And there's only one word in the flowing language, and it's flowing. So instead of saying, I walked into the room, you would say flowing, flowing, flow. Every word's flowing. The idea behind that is you have to go into memory in order to even say flowing. So you're seeing it, and as you're going through it, saying flowing for those two or three minutes, I'm taking you through the techniques as well, right, that is going to get the mind to start the reprocessing for you. And it's that fast. Wow. And it's amazing. So, like, for example, I worked with a U.S. Army sniper who had to shoot and kill a 12-year-old boy. 
And within that three-minute process, he was able, when we finished, he did it in flowing to start because he said, I can't talk about this anymore. And by the time we were finished, he could then give me a complete description of it without shaking and crying. And he said, how did you do that? I go, how the bleep did you do that? <laughs> and what I said to him, I said, I didn't do anything. I said, for eight years, your mind has been trying to get you not to pull the trigger. It's been trying to get you to do something about that event because it's seeing it in real time. It's a glitch. Once your mind gets the update, it stops calling for the action. Mm, and the emotion has gone. I love it. So I'm curious to know, what are your big plans with this work? Because clearly, I mean, the government, like the, the army needs this work. The military needs this work. Entrepreneurs need this work. Athletes. So what is the plan for you and your company? Well, the idea was, is I spent a number of years, people kept on saying to me, you need to take this out, need to take this out to everybody. And I said, no, I need to get more data. I want to make sure that, because people are going to say, you can't do this. You can't clear post-traumatic stress and panic attacks in four hours. I've got all the data now to prove we can. So the next thing was, is we developed a digital experience. So not everybody, I'm a limited resource, so I can't see everybody. So if you can't see me, you can do the digital program, which is the same four hour program, but you're just watching the videos and I take you through the whole program. Very, very effective. My wife is my biggest fan and she told me, she says, I don't think that's gonna work, but it's working extremely well. So we're very pleased with that. I can also do this in larger groups where I can take a whole group of people through the same experience. And that's been very effective. And so our goal in the, the moving forward now is to get this program out to as many people as possible. We're continuing to try to build the evidence base for it so that we can then get like the VA to accept it, that it's a acceptable technique to use. And then we're going to start training facilitators to take people through the digital program, not learn how to do what I do, but just take them through the digital because it's the fastest way for them, you know, to get help for people. Um, otherwise, if they had to learn how to do this program, it took me years to learn it. And it's very, very specific. It's language based. It's very intentional. The inflection in my voice, all those kinds of things make a big difference. So that's sort of what our goal is. And We've been doing it now with people all over the world, um, either on Zoom or they've done the digital program. Here's, a, here's a, an excellent example of how well it works. I had a guy, a very um, business guy, went through the program and sent me after 12 days. Because once you go through the four hours, you have a series of audios you listen to. So the audios are designed to reinforce the program and start getting any of those, what I call codes or habits or behaviors, updated. So he sent me a message after 12 days and he says, I want to share a breakthrough with you. And he says, I have a condition called, and he did the digital program. He says, I have a condition called vetilego, which is that skin when it goes blotchy and white. You know, you've seen people with that. Yeah. He says, I've had a 40% reduction in the uh, new lesions that have started. And then wow. when he almost... But almost when he had just about finished the program, he said he had about a 90% reduction in the uh, new lesions and other, other stuff was starting to clear up. That is an autoimmune. And he says, I always believed that it was coming from trauma. He says, but I, nobody could convince me of it. Nobody could, or at least be able to tell him that that was true or not. He says, that's why I wanted to try your program to see if it was connected. And I truly believe that a lot of these things, a lot of the health issues we're dealing with are coming from trauma. 
Oh, I agree completely. I'm so excited to share this with my husband because he's a high performance coach, um, certified by Brendan Burchard. And oh, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, and so he is, he loves all of this, and he's been talking a lot about trauma. And we have um, a lot of colleagues who are kind of in this space as well. And so he's going to be so excited to hear about this. And I, you know, I really got chills when you were talking about spreading your message and the program out far and wide. So. I'd love for you to share with our audience how they can find the program, because I know, I mean, everyone needs this <laughs> to some degree. I'm convinced of that after this conversation, but also after seven years of working with high achieving women who they know the strategy, but there's something that's stopping them from going to the next level. So where can people find all this information and this program? Um, if you go to our website, uh, the best website to go to is www.getgettip, T-I-P-P, -P, because the program's called tip.com. And then if you do the slash heart, H-E-A-R-T, uh, I think we're doing something special for your audience. Um, they get a discount off of the program for listening to the program today. Amazing. Thank you for doing that. We'll include yeah. all that information in the show notes for sure for everyone. Yep. And Don, so one of the questions we always ask our guests here at the I Heart My Life show is what is one way you would recommend people create a life better than their dreams? How can they do that? Well, the big thing is, is to get this trauma out of the way. So I'm a big believer in that. And uh, I've just seen so many people's lives just absolutely transform um, after going through this. Rebecca from the Boston Marathon, she was able to, she was a high performer because she was speaking all over the country. She wrote a book but she was being so hampered by this post-traumatic stress that I believe that once you get that done, you'll see your life change. Things become completely different. It's probably the, the most valuable tool you can use to get your life to where you want it to be. Because we all have those aspirations and goals of what we would like to see. And the reason sometimes people can't reach that is not because they're not capable. It's because their mind is experiencing some pain that is then distracting and draining them from their ability to stay focused on target. Or their mind sees pain ahead and will divert them from reaching that goal or target. Because maybe you saw somebody maybe a father, for example, that was very successful, but was an alcoholic or very successful, was not a nice person. So your mind has made some sort of an association with success and pain. So all of a sudden now you can't realize why can't you reach that next level, right? It's because your mind is trying to avoid that pain hmm. and it will create a diversion. So fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I know that, you know, on this show, we talk about mindset a lot. We talk about limiting beliefs, but we haven't done much work around trauma. So I'm just really grateful that you've shared this and that you've brought all of this to our attention. Well, we're excited because the audience that you're talking to is exactly the audience we want to reach. Yes. You know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there that are just they're doing, they could be successful, you know, like this lady with the real estate, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, the other agents in the office are saying, wow, I wish I could do what she does. She had a whole other gear, right, that she didn't know about. And so all of us do. We all have that extra gear. And, and I relate a lot of it so much to sports because I see it so often with athletes that I work with. Um, you know, they're able to reach a whole new level break world records and do some pretty incredible stuff 
all because their mind, right, has been affected by these events and experiences. Totally. And I think one of the keys um, from what what you said and what I'm taking away is a lot of the people you've worked with, they have an awareness that there was something else going on here, whether it was an inkling that it was trauma or it was just an inkling that, you know what, I want to be vulnerable, but for some reason I can't. And I know there's another level for me. And so I think so much about success is, is having that awareness and then being willing to get the support that we need from people like yourself or people, you know, who are on my team to actually move through all of that and figure out what is actually going on here, because I know there's something more for me. And sometimes what's interesting is they may not even know why. And so they just can't figure it out because they had a great life or something right. else was going on. It's like, well, it doesn't make any sense. I hit another great example. And I love giving these stories because it's very simple. A lady again said, I had no real trauma. I had a great life. And so we were looking at it and said, was there any event that you can think about when you think about it now, right, creates an emotion. That means it's having an effect. And so she says, well, okay. And then she goes, well, when I was about six, we were in church. And she says, and I remember, she says, I started talking in church. And then I see her eyes starting to fill up. And she says, and then my grandmother took a hairbrush and she hit me on the top of the head and said, stop talking, you're in church. And then the waterworks came. And she says, I just realized I lost my voice that day. I never speak up for myself. She says, I let people just push me around all the time. She had never made that connection until she gets into that restorative mindset where the mind feels very safe, right? And it's able to then just start opening up about what is going on. She never would have made that connection without going through the program. Mm. Thank you so much, Don. I'm so grateful for you, not only for this episode, but for the work that you're doing in the world. And I'm thrilled for our community to go out and, and look it up. Can you share that URL with us one more time? Sure. Yep. It's uh, www.getgettip, And then if you do the slash heart, right, it'll give you a, a discount to do either the on, online digital experience or a one-on-one -on -one with me. Awesome. Thank you, Don. And we'll look forward to seeing what's to come for you and seeing you win that Nobel Prize. That sounds great. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams. <laughs>